0: There aren't many people who live in the state of Maine. Compared to metrics gathered in other places in North America, the murder rate is low. That all changed Wednesday night with a mass shooting at a bowling alley and then a nearby eatery. Entering the studio yesterday, 18 had died and 13 were injured. Lewiston, Lisbon, Auburn, and Bowden all had told everyone to shelter in place as police swarmed in looking for a man with mental issues and a military background whose face was captured on surveillance camera with a high-powered rifle. Schools were shut down, hospitals closed to visitors. The largest grocery chain in the state opened later than normal. Meantime, at Cooper College in New York, A group of Jewish students locked themselves in the library when anti Israel protesters pounded on the doors to get to them before police arrived. Violence, but for Christians in Christ, may we find our peace, love, and mercy be multiplied. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and today we're wrapping up a series called Experience the Old Testament. Now, you may have early childhood memories like me of sitting in Sunday school and learning about the great moments of the Old Testament, the creation narrative, the Exodus, David and Goliath, and so much more. What we've wanted to share this week is how these stories fit together to talk about one person, Jesus Christ. All of the Old Testament points forward to the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. Today's passage will do the same as we turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9 and we hear the story of David and Mephibosheth.
1: And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him
0: kindness for Jonathan's sake? That's my friend Ted Staunton dramatically sharing from 2 Samuel. We'll hear the entire chapter and think about this fascinating story in just a moment. This reading is just one of ten found on our brand new project that we released this week called Experience the Old Testament, Ten Stories of Deliverance. I asked Ted the other day why it was important to hear God's Word read aloud, and here's what he told
1: me. It's, it's only in recent history that people have been able to read the, the Word for themselves without having someone read it to them, I think, you know, since the medieval era, Really? And I think I think the spoken voice was really important in the in the delivery of, of of the law. The children of Israel were you know were often made to gather together as a nation to listen to the law being read aloud. And uh, uh, the worship meetings of the early church consisted of people gathering together to to listen to epistles being read out loud. I was just reading Revelation. Myself this morning, and uh, and it said, "You know, let um, those who hear let them understand what the spirit says to the churches. Um, I think the human voice can imbue mere printed words with another dimension of expression when you When you think of the words of a Churchill or a, a Rooseveltus significant moments in history it 's their spoken delivery that uh, enhances the impact the, just the way things are spoken." The different emphases that are made, that can help the words stick in the mind.
0: Ted is so right. There's something very powerful about hearing God's Word read aloud. And on this new double CD we have for your gift to the ministry, Ted dramatically reads aloud from the King James Bible, stories from the Old Testament, with an original music score underneath. My wife Janet and I have been really blessed by it this week. And I want you and your loved ones to experience the Old Testament in a powerful, fresh way, just like we have been. I think you're going to enjoy hearing God's Word. So after the program, please come to our website, listen to a sample from the CD, and then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And just a note, the CD comes with a digital download as well. But if you just want the digital version, we have that for your gift as well. You can also call us after the program at 865 Haven. 865 Haven. And now let's open this haven today with Jason Gray.
2: I don't have to be perfect to get inside the door. I don't have to be good to be loved. If it's true that my wounds are what the healer's looking for Then it's a good thing I've got more than enough The losers and the lonely are the ones that you call blessed. If my weakness shows the power of your blood, if my failures preach the gospel over oh, my success, then it's a good thing I've got more than enough. Hallelujah.
0: It's an album called Place for Me, Jason Gray, and that's the title, Place for Me. On a Haven Today called Experience the Old Testament, I'm Charles Morris. Our passage I want us to look at today is found in 2nd Samuel 9. In the prior chapters of this Old Testament book, we see the Lord's favor upon David. He was crowned as king over all Israel. He marched into Jerusalem and captured it from the hands of the Jebusites. From that moment on, the city of Jerusalem would be known as David's city. The Lord prospered David's kingship. Israel continued to win battles and expand their borders. David's power and influence continued to grow. But the high point for David came in 2 Samuel chapter 7. In that chapter, the Lord made a covenant with David to establish his throne forever. Listen to what the Lord said. The Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now that's every king's greatest desire, I think to have a kingdom that'll always be in your family line. The average king would take this promise and let it go to his head. He would try to get rid of anyone and anything that would threaten his kingship. But King David, he invited his threat into his very home. He treated him with loving kindness. Well, let's look more at this passage, beginning in 2 Samuel 9, verse 1. And we're going to first hear Ted Staunton dramatically read it for us from our new production called Experience the Old Testament.
1: And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant, whose name was Zeba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba?" And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he's in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold
0: thy servant. Now let's pause in that dramatic reading by ted staunton we just heard the first six verses i want to ask you a question what is one of the first things david did when being promised a kingdom by the lord he sought out the family of the prior king he did this out of love for his old friend jonathan but this is a surprising move given the way kingdoms worked The son of the previous king had a legitimate claim to the throne. But the difference in the case of Israel was that the king was called by the Lord himself. But a bitter son could feel slighted and rise against David in hopes of reclaiming his father's throne. David gets word and the servant reveals an important detail. There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Who can David show kindness to? Saul's grandson, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. When David stated that he wanted to show God's kindness to Mephibosheth, he used the Hebrew word hesed. I've talked about it many times on this program. This is the covenant love of the Lord. Do you remember what King Herod did the moment he found out an infant was prophesied to be king? He slaughtered young baby boys two years and younger in Bethlehem a truly despicable act, but it's quite typical of kings not just in the first century or in David's day, but even in modern times. If a king feels threatened, or a leader, or a tyrant, he'll do everything he can to get rid of the threat. If David had been like King Herod, he would have rejoiced to hear that Mephibosheth was injured, unable to move without assistance. This would make taking care of Mephibosheth quite easy. But by God's grace, David was not a king like those of other nations, modern or olden times. He wasn't there to inflict harsh punishment, but to extend mercy to Mephibosheth. Now let's hear the rest of the passage, read again by Ted Staunton.
1: David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness, For Jonathan, thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant, that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Zeba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertained to Saul, and to all his house. Thou therefore, and thy sons, and thy servants, shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits, that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table." Now Zeba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all that dwelt in the house of Zeba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table, and was lame on
0: both his feet. The second half of 2 Samuel chapter 9 from our brand new CD that we have for your gift to the ministry called Experience the Old Testament. While we know David's intentions for Mephibosheth, he may have approached David with some trepidation. After all, he was the grandson of King Saul. He surely heard of the many occasions when Saul was determined to end David's life. Might this be a similar story for him? No way. Unlike Saul, King David was kind, benevolent, and wasn't threatened by a rival to the throne. David telling Mephibosheth to not fear, and reveal that he would once again own the land that belonged to his family. What's more, he was invited to eat at the king's table. Now, that was a great honor. Certainly, not one afforded to everyone in Israel, much less to one who had a physical disability. Now, other nations wouldn't have looked at it this way. Indeed, even Israel was prone to treat these image-bearers as insignificant with a disability but not David. He saw a young man in great need. He provided for that young man. He even welcomed him to his table. Mephibosheth was an orphan, but now he ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. You know, you and I may be more like Mephibosheth than we think. Perhaps you've lost loved ones in your life. You may even have a disability that makes life hard for you. But even more, We have a great spiritual need. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. We must be carried and provided for. We must be given life and then placed at the king's table. And that's what makes this story so special for needy sinners like you and me. Just like King David, King Jesus seeks out individuals to show his covenant love to. He looks for those who know they can't help themselves. He clothes them in his righteous robes. He seats them at his table. The world may cast us aside. The world may consider us insignificant. But Jesus knows. He knows you. And he loves you. And if I could say anything else heading into this weekend, it's this. Jesus wants you to join him at his table. Would you join me in prayer for just a moment? Lord, this story of Mephibosheth is personal for me. I know what it's like to have a disability, but I know many of us are disabled in various ways, or troubled, or suffer from some kind of ongoing sickness. Lord, I pray that we would see the healing properties that Jesus brings to us, even though we may have to wait Until our physical infirmities are taken care of and done away with forever, when we receive new glorious bodies, when we leave this life and are received into a new life with our Savior face to face with Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to set us free from our sins. Lord, be merciful to us who are all sinners. And may we find our forgiveness and your grace in our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: In the palace, in the land of mercy, the King looked out from his throne. He saw the sick and the homeless and hungry. He saw me lost and without hope. With compassion, he sent out his only son, with the invitation to come. My rags of unworthiness, afraid to even stand at a distance in the presence of holiness. And just as I turned to go, the gate swung open wide. King and his only son. They invited me inside. This is your invitation. Come just the way you are. Come find what your soul Your invitation. King and His only Son are inviting us inside. This is our invitation. Consider as this is the invitation.
0: It was Stephen Curtis Chapman, The Invitation, here on This Haven Today, experience the Old Testament, Earlier in the program, we heard from my friend Ted Staunton talking about the power of hearing God's word read aloud. And then we heard him read aloud from 2 Samuel chapter 9. That was pretty powerful, wasn't it? And I'm really excited to share with you the brand new resource that Haven Ministries has produced called Experience the Old Testament, 10 Stories of Deliverance. On this double CD... Ted dramatically reads from well-known passages in the Old Testament, accompanied by original music produced just for this project. Over the course of an hour and a half, you'll hear familiar Bible stories come to life in a new way. And these stories from the Old Testament are much more than moralistic teaching. They're actually pointing us to Jesus. All of Scripture is about Jesus, but sometimes that's hard to see. So I've put in a commentary sharing how each story points to Jesus. And I hope this project will excite you about Scripture and ultimately point you and your life more to Jesus. And as I said, my wife and I have been using it in our daily devotionals this week. We've been so appreciative of this, hearing God's Word read aloud dramatically every morning. And I want you to experience this same blessing. So for your gift to the ministry, I want to send you a copy of this double CD, Experience the Old Testament, 10 Stories of Deliverance. You can listen to samples from the project and see all 10 of the stories that we've selected for you. If you'll just go right now to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And while you're there, you can make your gift and ask for the set, which comes with a digital download as well. And if you just want the digital copy, we have that for you as well or you can call us right now and make your gift and we'll send you this right away. Our number is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And don't forget, if you wanna help displaced people in Israel, we still have our Help and Hope for Israel fund open. Every dollar will be wired to Jews for Jesus. We're there helping with physical needs And they're even handing out New Testaments with Psalms. And more people than ever have been asking for copies just in the last few weeks. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next week when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Some pieces of architecture are so magnificent that the nations will flock to them. I'm thinking of the Eiffel Tower, the Statue of Liberty, the Great Pyramid of Giza. They are a source of pride for locals and a wonder to the watching world. King Solomon built the Temple of the Lord after seven years of work. All Israel rejoiced. But Solomon wanted this temple not only to benefit the Israelites, but even the whole world. This is why he asked the Lord to do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all may know your name and fear you. This prayer has come true not with the physical temple, but the spiritual temple, Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, the nations come to know and fear the living God. Grow in your walk with Christ. Visit GetAnchored.com.